reading today is from 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, verses 1 to 24. And that's page 451 in your church Bibles. Page 451 in your church Bibles. Jehoshaphat defeats Moab and Ammon. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the Mayanites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is, En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it, and built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out, cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. 
Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Jerusalem and Judah fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendour of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord God, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Helen, and uh, well done particularly. It's a good reading with lots of names in it, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, good morning, everyone, and uh, let me have my own welcome to that which uh, Ruth has already given. My name is Adam. I'm the vicar here at St. Jude. You're very welcome with us. You're especially welcome if you're new or visiting us uh, this morning. Uh, welcome to you joining us online. Uh, let's pray together before we uh, look at this passage. Think about this in a moment, but verse 3 of our reading says, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Lord, we do this morning resolved to inquire of you afresh. Would you come and meet us by your spirit? Would you fill us with that spirit? And as we look at your word together, would you dwell deeply within it and reveal yourself through it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do keep your Bibles open or grab one if you haven't yet got one because uh, you might well find it helpful to have it in front of you. As Ruth has said, we've started a new term. Today we're starting to focus on a new sermon series. Uh, last term, we, we looked at the first strand of our vision together, of growing faith. And we considered what discipleship was. And if you remember, we have that uh, brilliant definition that we've adopted uh, of discipleship. Uh, and I would if uh, you've been here for the last term, because we've said it every single week, if you would just turn to the person next to you and remind them uh, what that de definition of discipleship was. There are three strands to it. If you're uh, new here and visiting us uh, and you haven't heard this before, you get a hall pass on this one uh, and I'll explain to you. Give me a minute. I'm just going to get a glass of water. I'll be back in a second.
at our prayer meeting on Wednesday, I asked uh, those that were there uh, to do the same, and uh, there wasn't an almighty chorus of people able to remember it, uh, which was humbling for my uh, preaching uh, at the very least, because we, exp- we did go through it most weeks. If you remember, they were three things. They were being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing the things that Jesus did. That's what we've spent the last term thinking about in terms of growing our faith, in terms of becoming disciples of Jesus. Now this term, we're thinking about the second strand of our vision around offering hope. Now I'm sure you know uh, this story that we've just heard excellently read to us quite well, but some of us might not. Uh, It's only recently that I've properly engaged with it. Jehoshaphat uh, was the righteous king of the two southern tribes of Israel. By the time we get to this point in the story, the ten northern tribes of Israel have moved away from God and have started worshipping pagan gods, started worshipping other gods. And it's only the two southern tribes of Israel that have remained faithful to God in his worship. And at the start of our reading, someone comes to him and says, we have a big problem. The Edomites are mounting their armies against us. And this is, for context, a big problem. It's a little bit like, we don't necessarily know the sizes, but let's imagine it's the size of the USA army mounting all of their forces against the island of Malta. It's that kind of an issue. It's a humongous army coming against a very small army. So why have I chosen this passage as we begin a series thinking about hope? Well, I think for one or two of us, perhaps the last two years may have felt a bit like an unsurmountable battle. It may be one which has felt like a battle that we could not win. It has certainly, for some of us, felt like a battle that would never end. I actually chose to speak about this passage before uh, war broke out in Ukraine. But the reality of that situation and the desperation and the need for us to pray into that situation is all true. But what it does really is it brings into focus the reality that there have been wars going on throughout all of our lifetime. There have been people fleeing wars throughout all of our lifetimes. So how do we have hope in the face of these battles that we face, both uh, the battles that we've had uh, with COVID over the last couple of years and the real battles, uh, physical battles that we see around the world. Well, what does Jehoshaphat do? Well, as I said in the prayer a moment ago, the very first thing he does is he turns to the Lord. Let's not underestimate the importance of that first, that verse three. Alarmed, you would be, wouldn't you? Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolves to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaims a fast for all of Judah. In the face of the impossible, what is our response, I wonder? Uh, In the last uh, week, I've had two meetings with people in our diocese, the people uh, whose authority we are under in the Church of England, Uh, and they've been incredibly encouraging meetings, actually, really, really encouraging meetings. The Lord is clearly at work in what he's doing at the moment. Unfortunately, that's not always been the case. And sometimes those meetings have been a bit discouraging, particularly over the last couple of years, as the diocese has faced a huge hole in its finances. And it's felt at times that the first response of the diocese has not been to inquire of the Lord, but to panic. 
And then maybe the second response has been to find some form of human solution. Now, it's easy for me to say that, but it's understandable, isn't it? I suspect all of us here at times have done the same. I know that I have. This is written on in pencil because it's so relevant. I printed this yesterday evening about five o'clock. when The paper was still warm as I opened my emails before closing the computer. And an email came in yesterday, the contents of which are not important, but made me lose hope for a moment. And I'd like to say that my first response was to go, okay, Lord, it's okay. What do you want to do? But no, my first response was to panic and to go, ah, what are we going to do about this situation? And the Lord, in his gentleness and his kindness, said, Adam, that sermon that's still warm on the printer, it's a good point. Will you take note of it, please? We all do this from time to time. Bishop Jonathan, as he's arrived as our bishop, I'm pleased to say his first response is to lead us as a diocese into this inquiring of the Lord. It's what Jehoshaphat does in the first instance in the face of this battle. And another thing that he does, which is conspicuous by his abs- its absence, is that he rejects the unrighteous options that are before him. Other tribes that have been in this situation align themselves to foreign Uh, tribes, to other tribes, to other uh, kings who have other gods. And the problem with that is that when they win, which they sometimes do, it is that tribe, it is that king that gets the glory rather than God. Unfortunately, the story of Jehoshaphat, if you know it, ends in much the same way. It shows his humanity. He shows his humanity a little later in the chapter. A little later in the chapter, it says, Jehoshaphat made an alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel, whose ways were wicked. And as a result, the Lord says he will destroy all that he has made. What are the ways that we are not turning to the Lord, but instead choosing the unrighteous options in our lives. A really simple illustration might be somebody that's in financial difficulty turning to gambling. Perhaps someone that's lonely turning to relationships uh, which are unhealthy. Perhaps someone feeling out of control, trying to grasp control in an unhealthy way. Jehoshaphat here turns to the Lord, resolves to turn to the Lord. Is that our first response. The second thing that we see in the scriptures here is that Jehoshaphat remembers God's faithfulness. In verse 7, as he prays, he is reminding those that are there of God's faithfulness in the past. And when we feel discouraged, when we feel like hope is lost, do we turn to thankfulness, to praising God for his faithfulness, or do we turn to complaining, I wonder? Remember those famous verses that Paul writes in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. It's not rejoice in the Lord when he does as we ask. It's not rejoice in the Lord when we feel like it. It's not rejoice in the Lord when life is easy. It's rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Jehoshaphat is remembering God's faithfulness. And reminding others of it in order to inspire this hope. I don't think I've told you this before, forgive me if I have, but in the three years of theological college, the most inspiring lecture uh, that I had whilst I was there was on church decline. 
doesn't sound overly inspiring or exciting, does it? But the person that was giving the lecture had done his best to track church attendance against population size over the last 2,000 years. And when you do that, you see a graph that goes like that. It goes up and down in ways, but the general trajectory is an upward movement. Yes, we may well be in a moment of decline at the moment, although I'll come to that in a moment. But we can trust God's faithfulness of what he has done in the past to be assured of what he will do in the future. It's, um, it's always amused me that verse 21 it says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of this holiness as they went out ahead of the army. Why does Jehoshaphat send the worship team out in front of the army, at the very front of the army? Does he not like their songs, uh, maybe? Uh, is he not overly happy about the position they've now placed themselves in? Uh, would he prefer them to be somewhere else? Is he fed up of the endless choruses? No, he's not. What he's doing is he's putting them at the front because they are declaring the praises of God as they go into this battle. He's going out under a banner of praise. We'll sing later. I'm going to sing in the middle of this storm. Raise a hallelujah. That's what they are doing. They are singing in the face of this seemingly humanly hopeless battle. Knowing God's faithfulness. Reminding themselves of his faithfulness. So the first thing he does is he turns to Jesus. The second thing he does is he reminds the faithful of God's faithfulness. And the final thing that he does is he does exactly what God tells him to do. Jehoshaphat knows the importance of God's word, of hearing God speak and of clinging to him. Verse 15 says, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for this battle is not yours, but is God's. How encouraging is that uh, as a word from the Lord? This battle is not yours, it is God's. This is God's always word. And just as Jehoshaphat clings to God's always word by remembering his faithfulness, he also clings to God's now word. He listens to God and asks God, what, is he, what are you saying in this situation? And he holds to it. I believe that the Lord is giving us new words. He continues to speak to us as his faithful people. Uh, about two months ago, some of the team and I went to uh, a, a conference in uh, Harrogate of church leaders. There's about one and a half thousand church leaders from across the UK uh, in a conference center uh, there. And uh, there was a lady there speaking called Emma Stark. Emma is the uh, prophetic leader of a church in Glasgow. Uh, she's also in the worldwide prophetic movement. So she's connected really well to pr people who are prophetic around the world. And she said that sometimes prophets don't agree, but when they do agree, you really ought to listen. And the thing that all of the prophetic movement is agreed on at this moment in time is that we are in a new season of life for the church. Do you remember that wave of going up? towards uh, greater uh, faithfulness of God's people. We are in that new season. We've said it here before. It's a season where God, Will's spirit, is going to move in a powerful and in a new way, in a way that many of us have not experienced, in a way that I have not yet experienced. 
Now, some of you here might well be sat there thinking, well, I've heard all this before, actually. Maybe you were around when Wimber prophesied in the 80s, uh, before I was born and I turned 37 yesterday, just to, if you were, make you feel a bit younger. The issue with the prophetic is that God sometimes gives a picture, but not a time frame. But that time is coming. Now, I, when I listen to God, don't often get very clear actual pictures. Uh, but just this week, I had a really clear one. I was on the beach here in Southsea, uh, and there was a humongous wave about to come over me, a wave bigger than any wave that we've ever seen, one that would cover the whole of Portsmouth, a humongous wave. And I, with others, was attached to a girder, steel girder, cemented into the ground and secure. Now, in the human, in the natural, we might think that that wave is a storm uh, and that, that the girder is God and we don't need to worry about the storm that's coming because God is faithful. And, and of course, that, that's always true. But actually, as I sat with the picture, God said, yes, the girder is him, but the wave is him as well. He is moving in his spirit in a new and exciting and big way and we need to be excited for it. And here's the thing, I was clinging on to this girder not out of fear, as we might do in a physical storm, but out of love, just as the others with me were doing as well, just as a child might cling to their father on a roller coaster ride or their mother, knowing that they can trust them, knowing that they were connected to them. We were connected to God, knowing that this move of the Spirit was going to be okay. Now, why does God tell us these things? Why does God give us these pictures? We don't necessarily know exactly, but Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. Jehoshaphat has this outcome revealed to him by God. He knows what is going to happen because God gives him a now word of the battle being won. And Jehoshaphat declares that to the people. Jehoshaphat's prophets declare that to the people. Against all odds, God was and is faithful. Jehoshaphat listens to his word. Jehoshaphat clings to his word. And he does what he tells him, what God tells him to do. How often do we do this? How often do we have this level of obedience, I wonder? How often do we listen to God? Now, Jehoshaphat fails in the end, as I've said already. And just in case it's not clear, because I never want you to leave with the impression that I am perfect, so do I, quite frequently as well. Just about uh, 10 days ago or so, maybe slightly longer, uh, I was mowing the lawn in our garden. And I absolutely hate gardening. It's my least favorite thing to do in the world. I'm really bad at it. And uh, I cut the lawn and I looked around uh, to the weeds amongst me, which someone here uh, said they were going to start a gardening firm called Hack and Hope. Uh, I think that might well be uh, a definition of my gardening style as well. And I looked and felt really depressed. I went, Lord, please would you send someone to help with this garden? Because I really don't like it. And instantaneously in that moment, I felt like he told me to talk to somebody, somebody that comes and worships here about it. And I thought, well, 
that's all very well and good, God, but that's actually quite scary and I don't want to do that. Uh, so could you actually just send them here? Uh, that would be great. Thanks so much. I was disobedient in that. The very next morning at nine o'clock, that same person rang Jess and said they'd been praying for us and listening to God and felt like he told them to pay somebody to come and do some gardening or some cleaning for us. Would that be helpful to us? God was faithful in that. I'm grateful to them uh, for their generosity and their kindness, of course, but I'm grateful to them also because they listen to God and they are obedient, perhaps far more than I am from time to time. Jehoshaphat listens to God. He's open to his word and he obeys it. Are we? Do we? If you're sat there thinking to yourself, I don't think I've actually heard God speak, uh, we'll pray for that in a moment. But if you'd like to learn more about that, uh, then please do come to Living Free. As Ruth has said, it starts on Wednesday this week, 7.30, just in the building, not online uh, this time, although there are versions online. We'll give you a flyer on the way out. If you've been before, encourage someone else to go. That will help you to grow in your relationship, in hearing God uh, speak to you. So today then, are we doing as Jehoshaphat does in this story? Are we turning our face to the Lord and are we rejecting the unrighteous options in front of us? Are we remembering his faithfulness, what he has done in the past and what we can be assured that he will do in the future? And are we doing what he says? Are we clinging to his word and obeying his commands? If we are lacking hope in any way today, Perhaps one of those is what we need. I wonder if you would stand with me. We're going to move into some sung worship in a couple of minutes, but we'll pray for us uh, first. Just as we come to pray, let's do that together. Let's inquire of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. Bind up anything that would come against you now. And we pray, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Just as we stand here, perhaps choose one of those things which Jehoshaphat does, which we know sometimes we fail to do. Perhaps at times we're quick to rush in in the face of difficulty rather than stopping and inquiring of the Lord. Perhaps at times we're quick to turn to unrighteous options to place our hope in things that are not of God. Perhaps we've forgotten his faithfulness. 
just a sense, I've said this once before, just a sense that there may just be someone here who is thinking, that's all very well and good, but actually I don't see God's goodness in my life. It's hard for me to declare his faithfulness in the past. If that is you, if all that the Lord ever does is send his son to die for you on that cross, that all of your sin is forgiven, that you can have a lasting relationship with the Father, that is a pretty great story and a pretty great thing to be thankful for. Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness. Perhaps one or two of us know what the Lord is calling us to, but for some reason are fearful of it. Perhaps once again, we need to obey his commands and to cling to his words. whichever of those things we do, whether it's all of them, whether it's one of them. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you for your promise that we are your children, that we are forgiven. And we thank you that you do not care what happened yesterday. You care what happens today and that you long for us to enter into a new season of life with you, to enter into a new connection with you afresh, and to know your power that is available to all your children in this place. Lord, would you come with your power over each and every one of us? some of us that have never heard God speak before hear you speak for the first time this morning we pray but some of us who need and long for your presence feel that presence tangibly amongst us would you bring your healing in this place Lord Lord does want to heal in this place this morning as I stand and listen. We have an amazing prayer ministry team who as we worship will I'm sure go over to the chancel area and um, if you would like someone to pray with you this morning please go and see them. Either go and see them as we worship or go and see them uh, as we finish our service a little later. It's not just for those that seeking healing today perhaps for those who seek his presence I was going to say more of his presence but I felt stopped his presence perhaps for the first time perhaps in a new way and Lord as Jehoshaphat has faith 
in the middle of his storm. We come before you in the storms of this life with faith. We declare your faithfulness to us. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. And we commit to singing your praises, to inquiring of you, and to doing as you ask. So Lord, would you come and would you meet with us now?